see. I don't know. I don't know about this. <laughs> We've got a live one here in the studio with us today. This is a first. Oh boy. Yep. He's, he's, we'll see if he actually can just be cool and chill. Behave yourself. <laughs> we'll see. All right, everybody, what's going on? Welcome to the long-delayed next episode of Geeking Squad podcast. I'm taking full responsibility. No, you can't take full responsibility because it's been both of us. We, Man, we just got to say, it's been rough lately. <laughs> We've both been in and out of the hospital, and <laughs> there's just been a lot going on. And uh, we, we've been trying and trying to get back to the studio here to do it. Finally, today we're doing it, but we are joined by a special guest. Now, <laughs> I would say this is a special guest that's going to be silent and you're not going to hear on the microphone, but you might hear <laughs> this guest on the microphone because he is loud. Uh, but before we introduce that guest, my name is Larry Roberts. Over here, this uh, lion tamer I have to my right <laughs> is none other than my co-host. Megan Guess. And who do we have here with us? We have my brand new kitty cat <laughs> named Tater Tot. So, but he's got to stay away from all the other kitties. So he's been relegated to the studio area. Yeah. So he is here with us. He actually technically has more of a run of the house than the other cats do. Cause, he does have more room, yes. yeah. Yeah, because he can he can be all through the downstairs and in the back hall and then the whole, the whole uh, attic area. Attic area. Yep. He's got plenty of room to roam around. Yep. So I ain't feeling bad for him. He's got plenty of room to... <laughs> explore but the only thing he wants to explore right now apparently is your lap yeah he's a lap kitty yeah he is a loving uh loving kitty so you might hear if you hear any meows or purring or anything in the background i apologize you're just gonna have to deal <laughs> with it is what it's gonna be maybe it'll be calming i don't know <laughs> but anyway on this show what we like to do is we like to talk about all the pop culture news stuff and memes and various articles and things that have been posted in recent weeks in the Geeking Squad group on Facebook. We uh, we go in that group every single day. I know a lot of you out there that are listening to us go into that group as well. And of course, as always, we thank you for all your comments, your shares, your likes, especially your subscribes. You know, the more the merrier. We'd love to have you on board with us, listening to us every episode if possible. We appreciate every single one of you. Yeah. Every and single one. Every single one. <laughs> But if this is your first time here, yeah, this is what we do is we just talk about stuff that's going on in comics and movies and TV and books and everything, you, you all sorts of stuff. And we get into some quirky, fun, old retro stuff later. And yeah, we like to have a lot of fun here. But this first segment is uh, is a good segment. We, we love this one because this is sort of our catch all for like what's new with all the pop culture stuff that we like and is going on or coming up right now. And that is a segment entitled. What's shaking, bacon? <laughs> and that is Meg's favorite, favorite. intro. <laughs> so in what's shaking, bacon? Yeah, we're going to get into stuff. And as always, even though we're not starting it off on necessarily the happiest note, but we like to pay tribute to the fallen uh, people out there that we have either enjoyed over the years or were familiar with different icons and stuff like that this one man this was a big one and i know it's kind of old news now because we're we're a little late here but i think people are still talking about it and it was the passing of actor and mostly known for his role on friends matthew perry yeah that was a shocker 
that was a huge shock. We were at my gig. I was playing a gig in Chicago uh, with my band, and all of a sudden, right. yeah, and all of a sudden, like all our phones started blowing up. So I'm talking about it. it was like Matthew Perry died. It was like what? <laughs> now Matthew Perry did have a history of addictions and some troubles and stuff like, like that. Painkillers and stuff, I believe. Painkillers and alcohol and stuff like that. But he, but from what I understood, he had like cleaned up a lot. He had, yeah. And I don't think that played a part in this. No, it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like, because I guess he passed, he was in like a hot tub or something he like was, that. He was, yes. Yeah. Those I hot think tubs. this was just a health issue. Those hot tubs are dangerous. Yeah, especially after being active like he was. Yeah, he was like being super active all day and then he jumped in a hot tub and it sounds like he had cardiac arrest. Yeah, that's That's, awful. It was awful. Yeah, and it happens. I mean, you know, people think like, oh, he's not that old. But, you know, men in our 50s, just like me, like we have to think about that kind of stuff. Everything I just went through, you were not too old. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, you went through your your own problems with stuff like that. So, yeah, that was a real shame. He was funny. He was probably my favorite actor on the show actually yeah i love those two chandler was really funny i thought he was great and uh yeah so i mean it's it's a real shame but i do know you were telling me earlier that he they started some sort of like foundation for him or something they have started a matthew perry foundation to help with people struggling with addiction disease right um and i know while he was alive he was very active with supporting men going through this kind of same thing and that's something he wanted to be be remembered for more than just being on friends right so that's awesome that they started this foundation Right. So his name and legacy helping people can live on. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, because he just did a book like a year ago or something yeah. like that. Yeah, Tw- 22, Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. Yeah, yeah, and I know he talked about it. He came clean about a lot of that stuff in there, and he had wanted to positively influence people with his you know, trials and tribulations and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 terrible that he's gone, but I'm glad that they're already like jumping on it and trying to do some positive things in his name. Matthew Perry, we salute you, buddy. Mm-hmm. And sorry to hear you go like that. Um, another one, and this is not nearly as popular of a person, but to some of our fan base out there and everything, like this was a big shock to us. The original lead vocalist of Dream Theater, who sang on their first album when Dream and Day Unite, which some Dream Theater fans will still argue is their best album they ever did. Are you that some? No, I no, no, okay. no. I don't really look at any Dream Theater album as being like the best. I think each one of them has its ups and downs. It's own you unique. Know? I really liked Images and Words because that was the one that really, really hooked me. But Dream and Day Unite is a great album. And their vocalist, Charlie Dominici, he just passed away. Mm. And that was really odd it was an odd coincidence because as we know we've talked about i tend to do this i haven't listened to that album or thought about it in years like i i I haven't had anything to do with that album and then like a week ago i was listening to a bunch of charlie era dream theater stuff just on a whim you do do that i know and i apologize everybody (laughs) i'm not trying to kill anybody off i'm telling you but I, I tend to do that. Yeah. So it was it was really weird that that happened. And um, yeah, just a real shame because he's another one. He wasn't that old. You know, he was. Oh, no. Okay, wow. He was. Man, he was older than I thought he was. But still, 72 is not that it's old. It's not that old. Yeah. So that's a real shame to hear that he passed. And uh, I got to see online. I saw that some of the Dream Theater guys put up some really.
really nice tributes to him and oh, stuff. Nice. And yeah, that was really cool. But yeah, a real bummer for those of us. Because anybody, if you're a fan of or you're a friend or whatever of the Geeking Poetic channel, if you go back far enough, you might know that we're Dream Theater fans. Yes. We, we've even done videos where uh, Megan and I and our and our old partner Vito would go to Dream Theater shows and we filmed and we did little yeah, reports. Yeah, it's a great show. Yeah, it's, it's, they're a great band and everything. And, they, and on top of this, they just announced that Mike Portnoy is back in the band as the drummer. Oh, that's right. The original drummer, the guy that formed the band with John Petrucci, the guitarist. So fans were like really jazzed. There was a bunch of like really positive Dream Theater news going on. And then and wham. Yeah. And then Charlie, you know, had to pass away. And that's that's a that's a real shame. So, yeah. Charlie, your album was great and uh, you won't be forgotten, buddy. So keeping it on the music tip, the other big thing, probably the biggest thing that's happened uh, in the last couple of weeks with regards to music stuff. And no, it's not about Taylor Swift. Okay. <laughs> it's all about Taylor I, Swift. Oh God, I, and I'm nothing against Taylor Swift. I don't dislike Taylor Swift, but She's everybody everywhere right now. It's ridiculous. Everybody acts like I don't know. They're they're weird about it. So not going to talk about Taylor Swift here. No disrespect to her, but the big thing that happened was the last, supposedly the last Beatles song ever. The song Now and Then was released. Now, do you know much about this song? I do not. Okay, so the deal with this song was. Back in the early to mid-90s, the three remaining Beatles at the time, which was Paul, Ringo, and George, they got together to record some new music for the anthology series that came out because Yoko Ono had found some cassettes that had unreleased, unfinished John Lennon songs. And these were literally cassette tapes. These weren't things that he had gone into a professional studio and recorded. He had done it at home just with a microphone and a piano and a cassette deck, you know, like an old school tape deck. So the recordings were not perfect and they had various levels of quality to them. Now, back in 94, 95, they were able to make two songs out of it. They got Free as a Bird okay. and they got Real Love. Both of those songs, in my opinion, I know some fans are divided on it. Both of those songs are fantastic. I love those songs. Uh, Free as a Bird in particular, it's it's just, it's so Beatle-y. I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. But it was really exciting. I was around back then. I bought this stuff back on the day it came out, back in 95 or whatever it was, or 97. I forget, mid-90s. When that came out, I bought it. And yeah, it was so exciting to hear John Lennon singing on a track along with George, along with Paul. Everybody, George is playing his slide guitar. It was like, holy shit, this is the Beatles. You know, it, it's modern sounding in some ways, but it's the Beatles. It was awesome. They tried to work on the third song, okay. which was called Now and Then. And the problem was the quality of the recording on the tape was just really bad. There was no way because it literally was that John set up a boombox and recorded himself playing piano and singing the song. Okay. So there was no way to then like separate the piano from the vocal and take away the hiss where you needed it and all that, all the noise and different stuff. And they kept trying to work on it and they did work on it. Like they recorded some drums and bass and vocals and George recorded some guitar. But George, I think, was the main one that stood up and was like, this isn't going to work. Right. Let's just do the two songs and we'll skip the, the third song. So it never came out. And it's just been sitting in a cupboard for all these years, as Paul said. Then when George passed in 2001, they really thought, okay, well, forget it. 
you know, yeah. we're not going to do anything with this. Fast forward to now, and over the last few years, they've had a few different special Beatle projects, courtesy of Giles Martin, who is George Martin's son, who was their producer, the guy that discovered the Beatles, okay. basically, and Peter Jackson. Now, you know who Peter Jackson is, right? Yes. Uh, Lord of the Rings director mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. Peter Jackson created some new technology where... It can use a form of AI, something we've talked about a lot on here, Yes, a form of AI that it's not, it's not making something that wasn't there. It's like the perfect scrubbing separating device. Oh, okay. So what it did was they were able to take the recording of John and they were able to put it through this software and separate the piano and separate the vocal. And now when you hear the vocal track, it sounds like a really well recorded, clear vocal track. Nice. Yeah, it's not faking anything exactly. It's just a way of AI being able to clean it up and it recognizes it learns to recognize his voice and and everything to be able to flesh it out some, you know what I mean? But it's not really putting anything there that wasn't there. It's just filling it back in, you know? That's a good way to use AI. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, is that a lot of fans got really up in arms about it at first because everybody's worked up about AI to begin with. Right. So a lot of fans were like, oh man, they're going to start AIing Beatles stuff. This is wrong. This is wrong. Everybody came forward, you know, that Paul and everybody and including, and I think this was important, Sean Ono Lennon, which is John's son, right, stepped up and said, no, it, we're not faking anything. Everything is is real. This this technology is just cleaning it up. And like Sean pointed out, he was like, look, I know my dad, you know, and Paul knew my dad. We know my dad. My dad would have been all for this because okay. John was always way into technology and all that stuff. In fact, real quick side note, artificial double tracking, ADT, which is a form of being able to record your vocals in the studio, but it automatically doubles it. So it has this thicker, lusher kind of sound to it, which you guys at home, if you're not into this stuff, you don't even realize you hear it every day. You hear it all the time. Oh, I'm sure. You know, every recording you have uses some sort of like processing on vocals and stuff. Most people do not just go in and sing twice, you know? Right. And John hated that. And so he challenged the engineers back in the mid 60s, like, can't we figure out some way so I don't have to sing this over and over again to layer it and thicken it up? Because John always hated the sound of his voice. (laughs) So John was really excited when one of those engineers created artificial double tracking that was created for the Beatles. Nice. And John was a big fan of that. John was the one that was always pushing the envelope with recording techniques and new technology. He was not precious about that stuff. Everybody that's involved says, no, 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 no. John would be all for this. He would think this was great. And I think they're right. And the song is really, really good. Is it? Yeah. I think the general consensus is that it's not as good as Free as a Bird and Real Love. And and I can see that. The, the song is, it's not as well fleshed out as those songs, partly because, unfortunately, Ringo and Paul are much older now. Mm-hmm. So they're not able to do as much as they could do 30 years ago. Right. And George is gone. 
Now, thankfully, they did have some of George's guitar tracks from 1995 when they first worked on this, and they put that in there, so he is technically in there. Nice. And it's 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 a good song, man. I mean, you know, it's funny because we get all like technical about it and stuff, and we're like, oh, you know, we're, a lot of people are being critical. Look, everybody. It's a new fucking Beatles song <laughs> in 2023, it. and it's probably the last one. So, like, take it for what it is. And you know what? It's it's a really good song. You know, a so-so Beatles song is better than a lot of other people's songs. <laughs> yeah, it's a great song, and I highly suggest people check it out. At least give it a chance and everything, because yeah. I'm pretty excited about it. So speaking of things being reimagined and redeveloped that a lot of us are not nearly as excited about is the fact that they announced that Sesame Workshop is going to completely revamp the way they do Sesame Street. That's weird. How are you going to change it? <sighs> well, they're for a gazillion years. Yeah, I mean, it started in 1969. and But, I mean, they're on season, what, 56 or yeah. something like that? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I, any Again, anybody that knows me, you're not going to meet much bigger old school Sesame Street fans than me. I mean, no, I'm fanatical yeah. about yeah, it. You're, you're a bit much. I really, really like old Sesame Street. I remember all the words for all the songs and the skits and the <laughs> cartoons and everything. That stuff just goes through my head like all day long because I have a problem. But the old Sesame Street, it's gone through 56 seasons. So somebody that was born when the first season came out is now in their late 50s. Like this has gone through a few generations and I watch the old Sesame Street stuff, even the stuff from like the 80s and the 90s. And I watch it and I can see how it might not completely appeal to kids today in terms of the format and just the way it's done. Everything's so different now. Now, I'm not saying that's necessarily a good thing. I, I think things kind of suck nowadays i feel bad for kids <laughs> because everything they want has to be like tiktok like like boom 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 super fast yeah, instant short gratification like all that kind of stuff i'm sure that this new sesame street is not going to be for me i'll watch it i'll check it out i haven't wa- at least give it a try yeah i mean i haven't watched new sesame street stuff in years you know for me sesame street ended back you know long time ago because it says in favor of a longer narrative driven style so is it going to be more like just like a like it's going to have a storyline story to it. yeah instead of having all these little itty bitty right little segments, segments. short segments and stuff okay. it's going to be more storyline and then and they're going to do that and then it's also going to be kind of halved with they're going to do like an animated series tales from one two three hmm. which again that doesn't really appeal to me you know, at all, but this isn't You're not the target audience. I was either. just going to say, I saw a lot of people, even in the, in the squad, when we were talking about this on there, I saw a lot of people getting really upset about it. Oh, they can't change it. They can't change it. Well, this, this is the thing. They're not changing the stuff we grew up with, you know, like, right, don't go back and mess with that stuff. I, yeah. Now, if there they will be riots now, if they did that, if all of a sudden they went back and they started trying to like re-edit uh, you know, the old stuff. And I'm sure there's things that they've just omitted now, like even online, you know, because mm-hmm. there's things that aren't PC or whatever for today's standards and stuff. But generally, if you want old Sesame Street, you've got it and you've got your memories and everything. This is not meant for us. You know, it's not like the Muppet show. The Muppet show is a little different. The Muppet show, that one, they keep trying to revamp and tool and redo stuff with. But that's being targeted towards older people. Mm-hmm. That's meant for us, 
now. So that I kind of get when people get a little more critical of it. Although I think a lot of them new Muppet stuff has been great. When it comes to Sesame Street, look, this is this is this is a show that's supposed to be about helping young kids, mostly preschoolers and early grade schoolers learn. Right. I, I'm actually OK with it. Because even if I think it sucks, it doesn't matter. Yep. I, now that you, the more you've talked about it, the more I agree. Because working in education, people right. do not learn the same way. We constantly have to evolve right. to be able to reach people. So, right. all right, I'm on board. Okay. Yeah. See, I, you know, I'm reasonable. People think <laughs> I'm not one of these unreasonable middle aged fanboy guys that just complains about everything. No. I mean, like I said, when I first read it, I was, it was a knee jerk reaction. But the more I thought about it and when I saw what they were doing, I was like, oh, that, that makes sense, you know? Yeah. So, Whatever, more power to them. Let's just be glad again, kind of like what we were saying about the Beatles. Let's just be glad that Sesame Street is still, still here. here. Yep. How awesome is that? Because I don't think anybody would have expected that in 1969. No. That it's still here. And some of the classic old stuff, kids do still like that stuff. They still love Ernie and Bert and Cookie Monster and all that. So that makes me happy. Another thing, going back to stuff from our childhood here. Mm -hmm. And this is something, another thing I was really into. And to be honest with you, I still <laughs> kind of still am. are. Yeah, you are too. You like it too. Not like you. No. Not like me. You know, we just had Halloween pass and everything. And one of the best things about the Halloween season is the candy. Well, besides the candy, this is basically the same idea as candy. Let's just, <laughs> this, this is candy in a bowl of milk, okay? <laughs> We're talking about the monster cereals. Everybody knows what I'm talking about with the monster cereals. We're talking about Frankenberry, Booberry, and Count Chocula. Sometimes Fruit Brute and sometimes Fruity Yummy Mummy. And then we have the new one that we talked about several episodes back, Carmella Creeper. Yes, and you tried that. I, oh boy, did I try it. Carmella Creeper, folks, that is some good, good cereal. <laughs> it's really good. Honestly, it's it's up there for me. And I, people are going to think I'm absolutely insane and I'm going to get comments about this. I like it more than Count Chocula. Wow. I know. That's insane i know it must be that good i like it more than count chocula and i think i like it more than booberry wow i don't like it more than frankenberry okay so it's not top frankenberry yeah it didn't take the top spot no it's got too particular of a taste because it's a caramel apple taste and it's really good but i think i'd get burned out on that quicker than i would get burned out on frankenberry frankenberry is always my favorite okay the interesting thing about that is right before halloween some information came out from somebody that, that knew and was around back then that there was a bunch of cereals proposed back in the early 70s, back when they came out with Booberry. There was a bunch of other cereals proposed that they had planned to come out with that never made it to production. Well, maybe they still might in the future. Well, I kind of wonder now if they might, because since this article came out, people like, I want it. People are a buzz. We even saw in the squad group that people were commenting about it. People, Tammy and a few of them were like, oh, my God, I can't believe we didn't get that. And they <laughs> and they had a bunch of them. And like some of them looked really cool. Yeah. There's Apple Mummy. Apple Mummy. Yep. Apple Spider. Okay. Now, yeah, here's you, the I thing. know you got a story with this. I would never have eaten Apple Spider. And there's a whole story, and it's embarrassing. So when I was a kid... <laughs> so to tell. <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid, I refused to drink apple cider. And the reason I refused to drink apple cider is because it, it looked weird to me. Like, I was like, well, what, what's the story? What's the difference between apple cider and apple juice? And my cousin Russell, who was a little older than me... Mm -hmm. 
thought it would be funny to tell me. He was like, no, they call it, it's apple spider. It's, it's because they make it out of spiders. Oh, good Lord. Like they, there's spider, spiders and apples in there and everything. And I, at first I was like, yeah, it's baloney. And he was like, no. And he looked and it just happened on the bottle. There was like this artwork where it looked like. Looked very Charlotte's Webby, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it was like green orchard apple cider or something like that. And it had this drawing on there and it showed a spider web on like a barn door thing. And he was like, see, there's the spider web. It's got spiders in there. And I was like, no way. I am <laughs> never, ever, ever going to drink that because I hate spiders. And it was so gross to me and everything. I did not taste apple cider. <laughs> For a really long time, (laughs) a really, really long time, even once I got older and I was like, okay, it obviously doesn't have anything to do with spiders and there's no spiders in it, but it was so built in my head, you know, like Mm -hmm. I just had this thing against it that I refused to drink it. And I always referred to it as apple spider. I don't want apple spider. So it's really funny that they almost came out with a cereal named apple spider because you would have been fit to be tied. Oh, cereal or apple. I'd have been so upset. I'd have been so upset. I'm like, I can't believe they made a monster cereal out of that garbage. Why would they do that? <laughs> anyway, what were some of the other names? Um, so we got Ella Vanilla. That sounds good. That sounds good. Dr. Orange Glo- Orange Love. Orange Love, like Strange Love, yeah. <laughs> a Vanilla Gorilla. Ooh, that's cool. Uh, Orangini. Orang- orangini. Okay, another. So they were doing variations yeah, on flavors. So they had, they had Orange Love or Orangini. Uh, Professor Nutty. Okay. If it's in like a nutty bar, I'm in. Uh, it could be. Um, this one, I'm not. Anna Banana. You wouldn't want the Anna Banana nope. cereal? Mm, not, mm. That was the one a lot of people were excited about in nope. the group. I don't do bananas. Mm. Yeah. No, unless I, you're I, making me eat it before I go to the I was hospital. just going to say, unless you have to have it because of, you know, yeah, serious health reasons and stuff. <laughs> that was but, still forced on me. And RRR Orange? So it's like Orange. Orange. Oh, like Roar. Okay, Roar. Interesting. And yeah, and they have pictures and stuff. You can look it up online, but they had all sorts of pictures of what they what they looked like and stuff and everything. If you go, if you Google it, I'm sure you can find it. I think it was originally, it was an Instagram post and stuff. But yeah, that was really cool. I, I like you said, I really hope that they are going to actually maybe take one or two of those and be like, you know what? Let's make these. Yeah, let's do it. Limited edition. Why not? I mean, they're limited edition anyway. So another thing kind of going back to our childhood, well, my childhood in particular, I don't know if you remember this at all from when you moved here because you didn't move here until the mid 90s. Correct. But But I do remember this commercial very well. Oh, my gosh. This commercial that we're going to talk about here, this commercial ran for so long. I I think that this started back in the late 70s. 70s, I believe. 70. Yeah. Late 70s, 70s, early 80s, something like that. But a... Chicagoland staple Victory Auto Wreckers, okay, announced that they will be doing a final closing um, on November 18th today. Yeah, today. It's actually today. It's funny we're talking about it. Yeah, the Victory Auto Records is now officially closed. That commercial with the guy walking up to the car and pulling the door off and the whole dar- <laughs> the whole door falls off. That old car could make you money and all that. Like that is just such. Again, I I apologize to people that aren't from around here if you're not familiar with you it. Look but it up. It's so you, iconic. Yeah, every region That's has Chicago. Their, yeah, every region has their own like you know regional classic commercials like that. Chicago had a bunch of them. And again, anybody that knows me knows I'm 
all about the classic commercials and stuff. It was great. Yeah. And the, but the reason that made that commercial really stand out is they ran it for decades. <laughs> they never. Till very recently. Yeah. Till very recently. Like they ran. Like I said, I remember it. And on one hand, I'm like sad to hear. I'm like, oh man, it's a bummer that it's closing after like 80 years or something like that. But it's also like, oh my God, it was still around. Like it just never <laughs> went away. Like they must have been doing gangbusters in the fucking wrecking business, man. That is a heck of a a, a run, yeah, yeah, and marketing tool. You know, right. you have this one commercial. That's all you ever needed was that one commercial you filmed. It was in 1985. It says right. Okay, 1985. All right. So I mean, you go up to anybody from my generation, anybody I would say that's like between the ages of I don't know 30 and 80 from around here, and you go up to them and be like. Okay, what is this? That or old car will save you money and <laughs> door falls off. And they'll be like, oh yeah, Vic Auto Records. Uh-huh. Everybody, Everybody knows that. Anyway, I just thought it'd be fun to mention I, that. Cause I saw a picture today of... Um, the guy, The right? guy, yeah. Yeah, for, that <laughs> was in the it. commercial. Yeah, he's still... Yeah, he dressed up... Just like it in the like, commercial. Yeah, With the blue shirt cute. and the jeans and everything <laughs> and standing there. Yeah, that was super cool. That was really cool. So you, moving on a little bit, let's get into some, uh, not regional TV, but we're going to get into something that's international, national, whatever. <laughs> you had posted recently about some news going on with Hulu. Yeah, so... Um a Court of Thorn and Roses is a book series. Right. And you you read this book series, don't I you? I have read this book series. Okay. Yep. Jess and Chastity turned me on to it. The Akatar series. The Akatar, yeah. Yeah, I hear about it all I'm the time. I'm sure you do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they're working on a series adaptation for Hulu. Right. Um, and they just were kind of giving some updates about it. No, no real big news yet it's because the actor's strike, basically everything was put on hold. Right. But now that the actor's strike is over. Now they're back now they're rolling, back right? Yeah. And it's being up and going. Right. It's being adapted by uh, Ronald D. Moore mm-hmm. and everything. And man, from what I can tell, yeah. the fan base is really divided on this. Yeah. I, I can't say I blame them because we've talked about it plenty. Books made into these Hulu series and stuff like that Are often. never They never live up. Even movies, they don't live up to it. It's no. not the same. No. They're going to cut out so much and change things that especially people that adore this series yeah i'm going to riot <laughs> yeah it's not going to be okay i know you're not as kooky about it but i know jess and chastity are like infatuated at, infatuated with this book series and they have very strong feelings and opinions very about strong. those characters <laughs> and what happens and how it happens and stuff and i get it because that's what happened with me with 11 22 63 yep, exactly. i've talked about that plenty before i won't ramble on about it but hulu took that and to me they, they butchered ruined it, it. ruined butchered it. it absolutely ruined it and i'm pretty open-minded I like a lot of the King adaptations. Yeah, and stuff. I thought you maybe you were being a little harsh, and then I watched it. I was like, oh, oh no. Oh, God, no. It was, I mean, you like. completely changed who this character is. They completely changed everything yeah. about it. They kept some of the character names and the general premise, and then essentially wrote a whole new version of the story. A whole new version. So I think people are worried that that's ultimately what they're going to do with Court of Thorns and Roses because. Like just recently we had Discovery of Witches and I watched that and everything. And now I don't read the books, Mm -hmm. so I can't go by anything. You know, I watched it and I thought Discovery of Witches was actually overall was pretty good. But I know a lot of the fan base was very 
very, very unhappy with the way that show went and what they did with some of the characters and mm-hmm. storylines and stuff. So I think everybody's just really kind of on high alert about the fact that they're going to take this. And yeah, hopefully they don't screw this up. We'll see. Yeah, we will see. But I, I yeah, who knows? It'd be great to see some of these characters come to life. But the problem. But with- don't screw them up. The problem with these and with these kind of books, especially these kind of books, is that I know the fans get such clear ideas in their heads of how they envision these characters. Everything. And the places, because it's, it's fantasy. Right, right. These aren't real places, so if they don't, yeah, it, there's too much to... It's tough to live up to it. Yeah. It's tough to live up to it. So, yeah, we'll see. But it is moving all steam ahead, you know, full steam ahead and yeah. everything. I, I'll, so. I would check it out. Yeah, I'll check it out. I'm sure I'm going to be between you, all you guys. I'm going to be forced to watch you, this whether you, you I like it or no not. Choice. I'm not going to be able to get away from this. <laughs> <laughs> Moving, taking a little bit of a left turn here. I want to talk about another uh, change that's going on because we're that's what a lot of this is. We're hearing about a lot, a lot of, change. of change. Yeah, and this one. I know the little bit you and I talked about it recently. We were both not sure how we felt about it. Yeah, this one I'm not real thrilled about either. Yeah, Six Flags is going to pair up with Cedar Fairs and become a all-new amusement park operator. After also noting that Six Flags Great America is going to close a couple of classic attractions to make way for future expansion. Now, I'm not totally against them like closing attractions. No. Absolutely not. Put in some new stuff. Keep it interesting. But but <laughs> the problem with Six Flags and one of the reasons why, like, I know we and other people we know have talked to for years now have kind of been not really going to Six Flags is not because we don't like amusement parks. Right. Not because we don't want to be entertained. Not nope. because not even because it's too expensive. Nope. I mean, because it is it's it's pricey, but it's manageable. Right. Compared to what people pay for things like Disney World and shit, you know, <laughs> it's manageable. But the main problem is, is that the last times that I was there and I and you said when you were there and other people I've talked to, everybody was like, yeah, that place, man, half the time, half the rides weren't working. Half of the restaurants weren't open. Seriously, it was hard to find something to eat. I was like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, and that and that's the problem. I don't think I've ever seen the water thing open. Oh, yeah, you know, the last time- I couldn't t- tell you the last time that was open. Right. The decades. La- yeah, it's been a long time. Like, every time all the water stuff is- I mean, the, the water park part is- Is, is open. open. But there's but like that the one, log the log ride and, and the that. river rafting and all that stuff. Yeah, those were always it's closed. Like a decade or more, it's been closed. Yeah. So, and, and yeah, I remember the last time I went, I was really disappointed because there was like a lot of closed restaurants and stuff and just, you know, and I already am kind of- I, I have such a limited diet I can do anyway, so when I- I was like limited to just, you know, a couple of options and popcorn and bullshit that I like that, that I can't eat. I was like, need proper food here. Right. I was like, oh man, I should have ate before I came, you know? And (laughs) yeah. And, and, and it's just been that way. And even some of the rides they do have from what I've heard people saying and things I've read online, I watch a lot of YouTube videos about like coaster fanatics Mm, and stuff like that. I, I love watching those things. And a lot of the stuff that I've seen on YouTube, people are talking about, about how a lot of the rides at Six Flags, not just our Six Flags, but a lot of the Six Flags are just like in major need of renovation Mm. and repair and stuff like that. And some of those rides like the Demon, the Wizard, uh, the American American Eagle, Eagle, even the Viper and some of those, those are getting pretty old now. You know, there's no pretty to it. They're old. 
Yeah, I mean, Batman, you know, came out, what, over 30, 35 years ago That's or something ride. like That's that. That's one of my favorites. It's a great ride, <laughs> but I mean, but it's old. And so the problem is, is like, okay, well, my question about this is they're pairing up with Cedar Fairs and they talked about, well, we're going to have new attractions. We're going to do this and that. And I'm like, okay, but what about fixing up the parks that you have? Exactly. It's like, you, how are you going to add this whole other park and right. you can't even keep, keep yours up? It's like, so I don't. This does not bode well. I'm not I'm not very optimistic. Well, I'm going to try to stay um, hopeful. We'll see what comes around with it and stuff. But I mean, Six Flags, again, if you watch, there's channels and stuff that I, I frequently watch that I find really interesting that get into a lot of the behind the scenes stuff with places like Six Flags. Yeah. And I guess the 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 upper uh, tier of executives and people behind Six Flags for the last I don't know, several years or more now, it's been just a mess. You know, they've tried so many things and so many failed attempts at things. And I just hope this isn't one more. Yeah, well, exactly. And I think that's the biggest problem is that everything they've tried hasn't worked. And they're, you know, their solution for things, people are like, hey, you know, they're, the, the executives are complaining that the park's losing money and it's not doing that well and it's not drawing out people. And the public is sitting there saying... Because nothing's open. Right. The public's saying, fix these things, open these things, do this, blah, blah, blah. And, and what are the execs coming up with? Well, let's just raise the prices. It's like, you that's fucking not, clowns. Yeah. You clowns. That's such a typical if executive you're not thing open to do. It, then take it out. Right. That way it doesn't look like it's not open. Right. But they, but they don't but they would have to spend money then. And that's the whole thing is their their whole thing and all their I'm sure all their board members and their shareholders are like, you know, humdrum, no, we don't we don't want that. We need to just make more money and it's like you gotta you spend have to money. Spend money to make money. You gotta spend money the to make money. The reason it's a saying. Sorry, yeah, exactly. So anyway, speaking of another more change. Another yeah, another <laughs> business that um now this business did already kind of go under and it's it's essentially gone. I I guess it does still exist to some degree yeah sears which is one of my favorite stores of all time mm -hmm. I, gr I grew up it's in so sears. hard to believe it's gone it is hard to believe it's gone the sears in river oaks mall in calumet city uh you know that was that that's such a major part of my growing up and everything i was there it seemed like every week, you know, I was there with one of my parents or relatives or something. I got my toys from there, just everything. I bought records from there, all sorts of cool stuff growing up. Well, Sears has been gone, you know, they went bankrupt and stuff. Mm -hmm. The Sears around here are all gone. But however, apparently in Burbank, in California, one of the malls, they reopened a Sears there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Apparently. Can come back? They were going to try to, you know, make a big comeback and everything because I forget when it was that they filed bankruptcy. It was a few years back. Right. So it's coming out of bankruptcy now with fewer than 25 stores remaining. And that number continues to go down. Mm -hmm. But one of them reopened. They tried to reopen one and everybody was really excited about it. It was like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool that they're going to reopen a Sears and stuff. And unfortunately, from what I understand it's terrible. <laughs> Why? I guess it just, it's people went in there and it's just really shambolic. It's not like they reopened it and made it like, oh, look how cool this is and like how nice. And they took the time to put money in. Is it into like a it. Dollar General? Yeah. With boxes and stuff everywhere. Yes. And you can't get a cart through. Yes. Like, oh, that's a shame. And like, you know, f fixtures aren't working properly and half the registers in there are all broken down. And it, oh. it's, it's just really cruddy. And that's 
more sad than it being closed, to be honest with you. Yes. Yeah. And I can't understand all these people that keep talking about like, well, malls are dying and stores are dying and all this stuff. Nobody wants to go anymore. Well, there are solutions for that. Same with things like Toys R Us, because we talked about that not that long ago. We were talking more about mm-hmm. that. And they're trying to reimagine that and bring that back. And there's been a huge outcry from the public to bring it back. But the thing is, is all these things like I think you could bring Sears back. I think you could bring malls back, but it's going to take focus and money and make it nice and make it nice. Pay for the things that need to be paid for. Fix it up. And here's my thing. Stores like Sears and malls and all that, they're so throwback, right? Everybody knows, oh, that's so throwback. That's so throwback. Well, embrace it. Just embrace the throwback. (laughs) Like, make the mall. That's all anybody wants right now. It's all throwback. Right. Make it kitschy. Make it Make it feel like a 90s Make it feel like it's 1992 or 1985 or something like that. I mean, yeah, Stranger Things is great because it's a really cool story and everything. But a lot of people love Stranger Things. Why? Because Stranger Things is so retro. The music's retro. The look is retro. All the stuff they show, arcades and malls and theaters and all this stuff. And people are eating it up and they're going, oh, that's so cool. Even younger people Mm -hmm. are into that stuff. They like that retro. They like the retro kitsch from the 80s and 90s. So I'm like, why don't you embrace that? Why don't you just make, give people that what they want? And instead they're going like the opposite direction. It's like what they do with McDonald's now. Oh, McDonald's. No, you know, oh, McDonald's. We're struggling. We're struggling because McDonald's looks like age. It looks like a prison. The (laughs) McDonald's over by my house looks like a prison. It's all gray and brown and square and brick and steel. And it doesn't look happy and inviting at all. Not at all. This whole thing that these executives got onto where they were like, no, well, we're going to take it out of the kitty thing and we're going to make it a, you know, a place that adults are going to want to go to. No, you made it. Nobody wants to go there. Same thing with Taco Bells too. Yeah. At least they have purple color into it, but they used to be all the crazy like nineties geometric shapes. And I am Stunned. I'm just fucking stunned with as long as this retro chic has been going on. Because it's not like it's just been in vogue for six months. No, it's, it's been, been going while, on for yeah. years. I am stunned that none of these franchises have figured this out. I don't know. But until then, I don't have a lot of hope for new Sears being opened or new malls. And I don't know. I think I think they could figure it out. But we'll see. Moving left. I was just mentioning theaters and stuff like that. There's a new movie coming to the theaters that I think some people are going to be jazzed about. And there was a new teaser trailer released for Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. I'm looking forward to it because I really like the new Ghostbusters. I thought it was great. I did too. I loved it. I like the cast and everything. Mm-hmm. I like the multi-generational thing because you've got the old guys. You've got Aykroyd and you've got Murray and all them there. And then you've got Paul Rudd and, and all that. You know, you've kind of got the those people. And then you've got the younger kids. Again, speaking of Stranger Things, we've got <laughs> Finn Wolfhard, McKenna Grace. We've got, you know, like those people being in it and everything. We've got funny people like Patton Oswalt being yes. in it. That I, I think a great cast. I think this, I'm very looking forward to this. I think this bodes well. Yes. And I think people, again, need to stop worrying about trying to compare it to, well, how does it compare to the 1984? But who cares? It Just enjoy it for what it is. 
because it's just meant to be a fun romp. It's not something that is meant to be like super hyper analyzed. And did you watch the trailer? I have not. Oh, I watched the trailer. Oh, yeah. Looks interesting. I mean, again, it's a teaser trailer, so it's not super revealing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it looks exciting. Okay. It looks pretty cool. Looks like Paul Rudd's actually going to get the suit up. Nice. And everything. He oh might, my he, gosh, I can't wait. He might be Ghostbuster material himself now and everything. Ugh. And and it and like I said, and the old guys are going to be in there again too and everything. Mm -hmm. I, I It looks like fun. So this comes out what, March 29th? Oh, okay. Yeah. March 29th. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If, for those at home, if you didn't see Ghostbusters Afterlife, because I know a lot of people were turned off by the last Ghostbuster that they did with, mm -hmm. uh, the, with all the female cast. Yeah. And everything. I know a lot of people didn't like that so much. And I know a lot of people don't like these continuations and they say, oh, you know, they can't do it right. Honestly, give Afterlife a chance. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really heartfelt. I thought they paid tribute to the original in a really cool, classy way. As classy as you're going to get for Ghostbusters, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I would I would suggest checking that out. And, yeah, we will definitely be checking out Frozen Empire when it comes Absolutely. Out. And lastly, I know this is the longest What's Shaken Bacon we've probably ever done, but uh -huh. we haven't been here for like a month. So lastly, I did not want to leave this unmentioned because this is another thing that I know both of us, me especially, I, I think you too, were big fans of. And they're doing a second season of Marvel's What If for nice. Disney+. Plus. Now, that is the animated series that is actually, I guess, considered canonical because things that happen in there have now been included into the MCU film universe because like in the first season we got to see the episode with Captain Carter the multiverse is now a thing you know mm -hmm. thank you Loki <laughs> right so they are continuing with it and I'm sure there's things that are going to be in this second season that are going to factor into the upcoming MCU series and movies and stuff now they're it won't be like once a week release this time, right? It's like one every day. They're doing it right? every day. Yeah. It's oh. like it's like a little Christmas present to us because Aww. what's going to happen is it's set, it's set to premiere December 22nd. Okay. And it's going to run from the 22nd till New Year's. Nice. So just real quick, I'll rattle them off. So if for those that are curious, so the first episode is going to be what if Nebula joined the Nova Corps, which, okay, I'm all about it because I love Nebula and I'm a big Nova fan and everything. So That'll be interesting. I'm trying to picture how she's going to be in the Nova Corps. <laughs> That's going to be interesting. What if Peter Quill attacked Earth's Mightiest Heroes? Oh, interesting. So attacked, what, is he going to go bad? That's interesting. Or maybe he thinks they're bad? Maybe, yeah. It's all a matter of perspective. Uh, the, the Christmas Eve episode is, what if Happy Hogan saved Christmas? <laughs> I'm sure that's going to be goofy. <laughs> if it's happy. And it's saved Christmas. That that sounds, I would probably make a more lighthearted one for, for Christmas, Christmas Eve. Yeah. The Christmas Day one is, what if Iron Man crashed into the Grandmaster? Interesting. Hmm. Okay. What if Captain Carter fought the Hydra Stomper? That's kind of cool. That's kind of continuing on a little bit, I think, yeah. from part two. what we saw in that last one. Right. Then we have the 27th is, what if the Avengers assembled in 1602? So it's going to be like medieval avengers so obviously they'll have their powers will be different you know what i mean it's not going to be tony stark with you know high tech uh, armor. stuff yeah it's going to have to be some sort of medieval version of it so i'm i'm on board uh, for that okay what if hella 
found the Ten Rings. Oh, that'd be bad. Yeah, that that would be interesting. So that's pretty that's pretty cool. Uh, the 29th is what if Kahori reshaped the world? Interesting. That that's real. Okay, that could be. That could be all kinds of things. Um, and lastly, what if Strange Supreme intervened? Mm. Okay. Yeah, where's he been? Yeah. And I think that's going to be a, that one, that last episode is probably going to be the real big tell of where things, where things are go. going next. Yeah. Yep. I think so, you're right. I'm excited about this. I know there's been a lot of anti Marvel stuff and anti Disney stuff lately. Um, but I'm really excited about what if I loved the what if series overall. So that's really good news. Um, you know what? Let's take a break. Okay. We've got our sponsor here that we need to talk about. It is the good old Prescribed Films Podcast Network that we are happily a part of. Um, we're going to let them talk a little bit to you. And then I think we're going to come back with some squad talk, probably talking a little bit more about that Disney Marvel stuff. <laughs> so we'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. All right, and now it is time to get into the next segment, which is a little bit of squad talk. And this is mainly where uh, we start out by focusing a little more heavily on a main subject that's going on in the real world. You know what I mean? Like stuff that usually we'll talk about sci-fi news or just general stuff that's kind of more going on in the news. And uh, But it's still geeky. And this connects to a lot of the stuff we just talked about. And it is the fact that it was revealed in the news. There have been some leaked reports that... Disney CEO Bob Iger is reportedly exhausted and overwhelmed <laughs> after all of the box office flops that Disney has had lately. I, I get that. I understand. I I feel like here's the thing. Everybody is kind of siding with Iger on this and everybody's like, yeah, because, you know, Disney sucks and Marvel sucks and blah, blah, blah. I don't agree. I don't agree. I think there's more going on here. I think the problem is. Yeah, some of it is Marvel and Disney's fault with the way they've been steering the ship and where they've been steering the ship. But I also think that there's a lot of other factors here, you know, going on with this that are that that are contributing to why these movies are failing. One of them was the strike because they didn't they weren't able to. Yeah, that didn't help advertise any of it. None of the actors could say anything about it or. Right. Couldn't make any more trailers or. Right. Nothing. Yeah. So like a lot of these things people don't even know about. Right. So that didn't help. But That's right. Unfortunate, it but. didn't. It didn't. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. Now they're, you know, trying to maybe hopefully that'll start to come back around now that the strike yes. is over. I want to bring up something that, you know, a movie that was just literally just recently released like a week ago was The Marvels. Mm-hmm. Now, neither of us have seen it yet. No. So I can't sit here and say it's a great movie or it's a bad movie or anything like that. Truthfully, it doesn't really matter. The thing that does matter is that 
a lot of the news and the reviewers and stuff on YouTube have come back and said, oh, this movie's a huge bomb, huge failure, all this kind of stuff. And I can see from like the way they measure things in terms of like opening weekend receipts and all that stuff that it is a failure, definitely. But I think that the problem is, is to sit there and go, well, why is it a failure? Because it's a bad movie? Because I have to tell you, a huge portion, a huge portion of the people that I've encountered who have seen the movie. Yeah, was it good? Have reported back that the movie was at least pretty good. Okay. Some people raved about it and said, oh man, this is like, you know, one of the best Marvel movies I've seen in years, you know? Oh, okay. Right. A lot of people are really enjoying it. But the problem is the loudest voices that are being heard are the ones who are the dissenters, the people that are being super negative about it. They always are the loudest. They are. And the problem is they haven't, in most cases, they hadn't even seen the movie. Albeit some of it is Disney's own fault with the way they've handled some of this stuff. Because people see a movie that has three female superheroes and a female supervillain and they see that a lot of the things in the trailers look kind of goofy and silly and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of people immediately turned up their nose to it. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with them turning their nose up to it. They shouldn't. Right. But you were even saying like the first trailer, you're like, eh, I don't know about this. But the second one, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. This looks actually really good. Right. When it, Yeah. And I and that was and that's why I'm saying that they are a little bit to blame because I think, you know, I mean, we won't even get into it. But like South Park just made some serious fun of Kathleen Kennedy and uh, Disney and all that for the way that they're handling things. And you and I have even admitted we didn't we were disappointed by things like uh, National Treasure. The, the Yes, the because region. because, again, there was too much overly gratuitous, you know, have female characters, have gay characters, have all different kinds, have diversity, but make it a good story. Yes. Make it like, I don't care. And I don't even care if they want to change a character. Well, we're going to make Indiana Jones a female. Make Indiana Jones a female, but make it good. Just make it good. That's the thing. Like, make it good. And there's been too much instance of, I feel like they've been going, well, it doesn't really matter if it's good. What's really matters here is the message that we're sending, no. that we're mm -mm. all inclusive it's and all this stuff. That's not why we love Disney. Exactly. It doesn't need to be like that. We can have, I'm fine with all the different genders and genres and styles and everything. Yes, be diverse. It should include everybody. But man, make it good. Make the movies good. Make the TV shows good. Make them enjoyable. Now, that being said, I agree there is a lot of people that no matter how good it is, they're going to hate it because they don't want more female superheroes. They're just going to hate it. And those, well, those, those are the haters, ones you can't. I was just going to say. Please anyway. Right. Exactly. Screw them. They're not basing their opinions on actual content, like whether the content is good. That's what we care about. And I think that's what most geeks care about. Most of us, at least, you know, the, the good ones, <laughs> care about the content. They made Miles Morales, uh, he's not Peter Parker, and he's a person of color and all that stuff. And most of us, most of us comic book geeks, we love Miles Morales. And we don't care that it's not Peter Parker. We don't care that he's not white. He's great. He's a great character. It's a great story. Most of the characters in that story are people of color and everything. And it's a 
killer story. It's a, it's a well-written story. That's what matters. And from what I understand, that's the same thing with Marvels is a lot of people are going, it's a really well-written story and it's got some great stuff in it and the characters are great and everything. But we saw this when we went and saw Captain Marvel. We walked out of Captain Marvel and went, oh, that was great. Mm-hmm. We loved it. All three of us, you, you, I, and Vito, we all loved Captain Marvel. and We were excited. And then we got home to find all these people were tearing it apart. But that's every movie anymore. Like I've had so many movies I've loved. You know, Haunted Mansion and stuff like that. I love that. And people ripped it apart. I right. Like, I don't... What did you expect? What What is going to make you people happy? I don't think anything is. I got to be honest with you. I don't think anything is. I think their entertainment now is outrage. That's that's their entertainment. Their their entertainment, their form of entertainment they're getting from things is how can I tear this apart? What kind of rage can I have about this? How can I I want to go online on Instagram or on Facebook or YouTube or whatever and I want to just go off about this. That's how people are enjoying themselves. That is the root of the problem. Yes, there's issues with Kathleen Kennedy. Yes, there's issues with some of the choices. We haven't liked all the choices Disney's been mm-hmm. making. No. Like I said, but The biggest problem is that people want, when they say, well, what do these people want? They want outrage. They want to be outraged. They want to be mad about it. They make up their minds about it. They they even see it, yeah. Yeah, and I saw it going back to something we were talking about earlier. I saw it, and I'm still seeing it, with the new Beatles song. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing tons of people being outraged that that song exists and what they did with it and how, oh, this sucks and it could have been better and why did they do this and why did they do that and blah, 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 and all these things and I'm just like, take it for what it is and, and, and appreciate it for what it is. Like, there's so much good about it. I'm not saying it's a perfect song. I, I Yeah, I can have some opinions about it too, but overall, you know, this isn't something to be outraged about and I've seen so much outrage about it. Well, my thing is people can think whatever they want to think and feel however they want to think. As long as the film or the song or whatever is doing well, then they can think whatever they want to think because then that means we're going to get more because it's doing well. Just check it out. They don't want to stop complaining about it. No, they don't want to. Anyway, they don't want to. They love people. These people love to see it fail. They love failure. They want to see. There are so many people. It's it's fandom, especially in like geek stuff now. Fandom has gotten so toxic, unfortunately, on so many levels. And thank goodness there are still a lot of people that aren't that way. You know what I mean? That's what you're the people we do this for. You know what I mean? That's why we try to be positive as as can be on our entire channel. We don't put up videos that's like Megan standing there with making a stink face, going, "Here's why I hated the new National Treasure." She's not interested in doing that she'd rather go no here's why i loved the new haunted mansion because you did it's like let's focus on positivity and that's what we try to do but there are so many people channels and fans and everybody they focus on the negative so much they want to see disney fail they want to see marvel fail and when you sit there and say to them, well, what do you want in its stead then? If it all disappears and goes away, what are you going to have? And they don't really have an answer for it. No. They just, all they know, they're just going to revel in the rubble. <laughs> you know, I, I think that uh, Disney CEO Bob Iger needs to just focus on the positive, you know? Don't look at the negative numbers. And I'm sure he's got a lot of pressure from shareholders and stuff. Oh, yeah. But he does. He's under a lot of oh, yeah. stress right now. But try to focus on the positive and look at the long term. Because the other thing is that people aren't going to theaters. I mean, that movie's out. We didn't go. 
We don't haven't had a chance. Yeah, we haven't had a chance. We, you know, there's a lot of things that go on now as we get older that we just don't have the opportunity. And it doesn't help that these come out so quickly on Disney Plus. A lot of people are waiting. We just we wait. Yep, that's what I I mean. They we they need. They say it's down and stuff like that. It's like, but the box office it doesn't matter as much anymore. Right, you need to find a different way to track this stuff to show how it's successful. Right. Just like when the music. Right. Yes. That's a perfect example. It all changes. So your old standards and how you tracked it does not matter anymore. Yeah. My thing to Disney and Iger is figure out a new way. You're going to have to figure out something new here, a new way to do things. And I think that's kind of what he's trying to do because they just raised the price of Disney Plus. They cracked down on people sharing Disney Plus. And that's wise because they're not making the money in the theaters anymore. I mean, you'd be mad at first because- It's going to be more for the streaming service and right now all these different streaming services we're paying for. But this is what they're trying to do is change how they're doing things. Like there's things they could do. There's all sorts of different incentives and things they could do that I don't think would break the bank for somebody like Disney. But they just they need to they need to do it and they need to get more people in charge that I think are going to understand this and trust people with the good ideas and not just constantly kowtow to the shareholders and everything. That's, that's, that's no good. All right. Now we're really off Disney. Yeah. Okay. We're going to get off Disney and we're going to move into, um, what we usually like to talk about in this section, which is all the cool, funny memes and polls and things that you guys share in the squad. One of our main contributors, as always, is our buddy Javier. <laughs> and Javier put up, this wasn't even a meme thing, but he shared a video. And it was really interesting. It was a funny video of people kind of like us, mm-hmm. you know, sitting on microphones or whatever. And they were debating on if one had to completely go, which would you rather see go? All of the cartoons and Cartoon Network, like Cartoon Network would just cease to be around, or all of the cartoons on Nickelodeon. And those guys were getting heated about it, man. (laughs) Yeah, it was really tricky. It was really tricky. Now, you're not that familiar with those, are you? I am not, no. Yeah. For me, it would have to be, I would get rid of Nickelodeon. I I would just think of the same thing. What I remember, I remember more off of Cartoon Network. Yeah. Than Nickelodeon. Yeah. Nickelodeon was cool. Like Nickelodeon back in the day was cool. Like back in the 80s, 90s and stuff, there was some cool stuff on there. But Nickelodeon also had a lot of bullshit I didn't like too, like Rugrats and things like that. (laughs) And I know some people, we talked about in the last episode, some people love that, but I don't really care about that. Cartoon Network has more of the stuff that I think is a little bit more appealing to me in the long term because it appeals to my sensibilities now. Right. Okay. You know, so maybe when I was younger, I might have been more leaning towards Nickelodeon. But now if I have to lose one, it's like, well, you can never watch one, but you get the other. I would stick with Cartoon Network. Yep. I think I agree. Okay. All right. Well, that was easier than I thought it would be. Yeah. All right. We'll see how easy this is. We've got some choose memes here. Now, these are those either or kind of things where you have to choose which one you would want. The first one is choose which trilogy is better. Back to the Future or Karate Kid? Well, my initial reaction is Back to the Future. Right. But then we had the second movie. Yeah, you don't like the second Back to the Future movie, yeah, huh? Yeah, that's pretty. 
that's pretty silly even for me. But I don't remember the other Karate Kid movies. <laughs> yeah, if you said that. the first one. Well, the, you know the first one. The second one is the one where he and Mr. Miyagi go over to Japan. Yeah, I don't remember. And all that stuff. And, and then he finds the girl over there and he gets into it with the guy. It's like the same story, just set in Japan. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. For me, I got to go back to the future. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go back to the future. I'm too. with you. I'm, I know a lot of people. There are people that are very passionate about Back to the Future, too. Vito is one of them. Ah, well, that makes sense. You know, even though I'm not as crazy about two, it's okay. I liked three. Three was funny. And the first Back to the Future is amazing. Mm-hmm. And Karate Kid, my opinions on Karate Kid have kind of changed over the years. We've talked about it before because the more and more I grow up and think about it, you know, Daniel was a dick. <laughs> he was a jerk. Now, Johnny was a dick. Everybody in that, kind of everybody in that movie was a dick. Even Mr. Miyagi and the way he handled stuff and everything. I know he was teaching lessons to Daniel and everything, but everybody in that movie, nobody in that movie really gets away scot-free. <laughs> you know, the girl and everything was Elizabeth Shue or whatever. Like, they're, they're, they all, they're all kind of jerky. I'm taking Back to the Future. All right. I, I'm with you. I'm going Back to the Future, too. Okay. Oh, now we'll scary. Now we'll see how hard this is. You have to choose between Hook, the movie with Robin Williams, or Labyrinth. Labyrinth. <laughs> you're not just filling Labyrinth. in the space for me. You're just Labyrinth. Amazing. You're just shouting Labyrinth. out your answer. Yeah. Labyrinth. Labyrinth. All day long. Yeah. Now, do you like Hook? I do. I do. Okay. Here's the thing. I don't even really know Labyrinth that well, but I'm going with Labyrinth. Oh, okay. You don't like Hook, huh? No, I love Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. But I remember when Hook came out and I went and saw it with my girlfriend at the time, my ex-girlfriend. And she really liked it, but I thought it was really goofy. And I love Robin Williams, but like the kids were annoying. Well, yeah. They're yeah, kids. They're kids. So they're, but I, those kids in particular were really annoying to me. I've never really been a big Peter Pan fan. Even oh, okay. when I was little, I liked... I liked Tinkerbell. I thought Tinkerbell was nice. And I liked some of the, you know, music and everything. But I always thought Peter Pan was kind of a jerk. <laughs> and I thought the kids were jerks and Captain Hook was a jerk. And I, I don't know. I They're just, all jerks, huh? They were all jerks to me. Like, there wasn't anybody I really liked. Because I wasn't a mischievous kid. You know what I mean? So I couldn't relate to the Lost Boys and, and, okay. and Peter. Seeing it, I thought Robin Williams did a fine job in it. I thought it was kind of a depressing movie. I know it had a happier ending of sorts in a way, but I thought it was kind of depressing. Labyrinth isn't depressing. Labyrinth is quirky and weird and, and it's got David Bowie in it. Nope. So in a nice package. Oh boy. We're not going there. <laughs> oh, well, so yeah, I'm with you. I, I choose Labyrinth as well. Yeah. So we're okay. We're in agreement on these. Now this one's going to get real tricky. Best sci-fi movie sequel. Okay. So we're talking about the, the second movie. Right. From a classic movie. So if you had something like Star Trek, you know, we're talking Star Trek Wrath of Khan. Okay. We're talking Empire Strikes Back. Mm -hmm. We're talking T2 Judgment Day. Aliens. Damn. We're talking Blade Runner 2049. And your favorite, I know you're going to go with this one, Back to the Future 2. No. Absolutely <laughs> not. So yeah, out of all of those... What would you say is the best sci-fi movie sequel? Can I pick two? No. Damn. You can only pick one. No, this isn't fair. <laughs> All right. I'm going, because I mean, I have to, is Wrath of Khan. Yeah. I mean, I kind of figured that was what you were going to go with. Empire Strikes Back is real close behind it. Yeah. I mean, I love Wrath of Khan. 
it, we just talked about it. You know, we even went and saw it at the theater several years back and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I love Wrath of Khan. I love T2 Judgment Day. We know that would have been Vito's choice Absolutely. because that's his favorite movie of all time. <laughs> I love Aliens. That's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Now, admittedly, I never saw Blade Runner 2049, even though I really like the original Blade Runner. And Back to the Future 2, we already said, yeah, we're not fans. But I have to give it to Empire Strikes Back. I mean, I think I when we did our top 20 movies of all time, I think I made Empire Strikes Back like my number four or five or something. Yeah, like that. I figured that one had to be yours. For me, it's we're kind of on the reverse. So for me, it's Empire Strikes Back, very closely followed by Star Trek Wrath of Khan. And then I would say very closely followed by T2. Yep, I think I agree. Yeah, these are all probably in order. Even though I haven't seen Blade Runner 2049, I'd still probably rank it higher than Back to the Future 2. Yes. Sorry, guys. I know <laughs> I know our other co-hosts, Matt and uh, Vito, are like, you are out of your mind. Yeah. Yeah, but, Vito would have been T2 and Back to the Future 2. Yep, yep. Yeah, and I think Matt probably would have said... I don't know what he would have said. Maybe maybe Wrath of Khan and Back to the Future 2. I don't know. He might have said T2 and Back to the Future 2. Hmm. Yeah, he might have. Be curious. Matt, if you listen to this, let us know. Yeah. All right, so favorite films of 1993 meme. Now, I know that the original meme had only listed one, but I think because it's such a long list, I think try, and they're so diverse, I think we're going to go with three. Okay. Because when in the past, when we've done these, we've always done three. Okay. So, okay, out of these movies, you get to pick three. Okay. So we have Stallone's Cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. We have Dazed and Confused. Mm-hmm. Demolition Man. Mm-hmm. The Firm. The Fugitive. Mm-hmm. Groundhog Day. <laughs> Hocus Pocus. In the Line of Fire. In the Name of the Father. Jurassic Park. Yeah. Menace to Society. Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia, The Piano, Rudy, Schindler's List, Sleepless in Seattle, Tombstone, and lastly, True Romance. Wow, that's a hell of a year. Yeah, there was some big, iconic movies that came out in that year. I mean, only a couple of these are, could you kind of consider being a little bit more forgotten now, you know? What are you thinking? Um, I am leaning towards Sleepless in Seattle. Okay. I love that movie. Okay. Uh, Jurassic Park. Of course. I'm kind of going Demolition Man. Wow, Demolition Man. Okay, that's the dark horse there, I think. I wasn't expecting that. For me, I think that my three, I have to go Dazed and Confused because I love that movie. I'm going to have to say Jurassic Park. Lastly, man, I don't know. Out of these, I'm maybe Nightmare Before Christmas. Really? I'm, I'm not a big Nightmare Before Christmas fan. Yeah, you've told me that before. I, I really I mean, like it. It's okay. but I really like it. I love it till it gets about two thirds of the way through the movie. And then the end of the movie is a little bit of a letdown for me. Mm. I'm not as crazy about the end of the movie and stuff. I don't like Oogie Boogie. He's stupid and he's annoying. I don't like his stupid song. <laughs> but um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, I'd probably say Days of Confused and Days of Confused and Jurassic Park for sure. And then maybe Nightmare Before Christmas. Fugitive's a good movie, though. It is a very good movie. You know? Yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah, that, 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 that's a hard one there. Yeah, that is really, really tough. So what about you? So you, are you stuck with yours then? Are you staying with Demolition Man? Yes, I'm sticking with Demolition Man because in that movie, the only restaurant left was Taco Bell. I was so excited. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> that's so pathetic and ridiculous. So, yes, <sighs> that is my pick. Okay. 
All right, so Demolition Man, Sleepless in Seattle, and Jurassic Park. That's me. Okay. Also, one last thing before we uh, start wrapping this up. You posted something that was got really popular in the group and everything, and it was talking about letting people know what popular betting, kids betting, they had back in the 1980s 80s. and the 90s and stuff, like what they grew up with. And there was a bunch of like pictures of it. Mm-hmm. There was tons of them, man. There was Aladdin, Little Mermaid, Barney, Beauty and the Beast, Barbie, of course, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Pokemon. There was just dinosaurs and Lion King and Care Bears, Mickey and Minnie, Goosebumps, Rainbow Bright, Winnie the Pooh, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Strawberry Shortcake, E.T., Scooby-Doo, Alf, Smurfs. There was a ton. Yeah. We got a lot of responses on it. It was cool. Uh, My cousin John, John Force, said that he still has his Dukes of Hazard sheets. Nice. That is awesome. awesome. (laughs) I know. I kind of want them. (laughs) I kind of want them. I Actually, I have a Dukes of Hazard pillowcase somewhere in my house, if I still have it. So that was cool. Yeah, we got a lot of responses. Uh, Danny Gibson mentioned that he grew up with Snoopy ones. Nice. Love it. But then his kids grew up in the 90s, 2000s. They grew up with Pokemon ones. Okay. Yeah, that's that's cool. Um, Our friend Chastity from Bookish Babes podcast, she mentioned that that she first had Barney. <laughs> she had Barney ones. Then she moved on and she had Jasmine and Aladdin ones. Nice. And then lastly, she had Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Because <laughs> she's a big Power Rangers fan. Oh, because they, they're awesome. Well, yeah, well, yeah, they're, might, yeah, they're they mighty. Are. They're mighty and they're morphin. <laughs> and they got power, you know? So, yeah, no, but anyway, she's still a huge... I don't know so much about Barney, but she's still a huge Power Rangers fan. <laughs> so I wonder if she still got him. She didn't That'd say. be awesome. That would be cool. Uh, Joe Juarez and John Forrest both said they had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. ones. And I think John said that he also had some other ones. I, I could be wrong about that. But uh, Chris Lynn in the group stated that she remembers growing up with Rainbow Bright ones. Nice. Now, my question to you is, what did you grow up with? Did you have any character ones? I So, I didn't have character ones. The okay. one I always wanted mm-hmm. was the one that had all the hearts on it, and they're all the different colors. Okay. And there's like the, had the, the whole, like, the canopy bed it had the comforter it had the pillow shams it had the curtains it had everything to it and that do believe if i remember correctly i did get a blanket of it finally oh okay don't know what happened to it but i was ecstatic i just thought that was the most gorgeous thing i'd ever seen i wanted all the colorful hearts wow so you didn't have any like Disney i never had a character or... wow no the only the closest i got was a um a sleeping bag it was a Barbie sleeping bag. I was oh, very okay. excited for. So. Well, that's still cool. It's yeah. still bedding of sort, you know. <laughs> you had a Barbie sleeping bag? Barbie sleeping bag. Nice. Do yeah. you remember what kind of Barbie it was? I don't. Because mm, I'm sure there were different ones, you yeah. know. Couldn't tell you. Okay. Yeah, I had, uh, let me think. I had several different ones. Of course, I had Empire Strikes Back ones mm-hmm. at one point. I had E.T. sheets. Nice. You know, I think, again, I think I might even still have an E.T. Uh, pillowcase somewhere. Um, at some point, I obviously I obviously had Dukes of Hazard ones because I still have a Dukes of Hazard pillowcase somewhere. <laughs> Those are the only, oh no, and I take it, and going back way younger, I had Winnie the Pooh. Okay. I had Winnie the Pooh sheets and stuff like that. You know, I want to say maybe I had strawberry shortcake. Oh, okay. When I was young, young. Yeah, that would have been about right. Yeah, because strawberry shortcake was early eighties. I could be remembering wrong, but I think so. Yeah, the first half of the eighties would have been strawberry shortcake. Okay. 
maybe I had that. Okay. And when it came to sleeping bags, I don't think I ever had a character sleeping bag, but the sleeping bag, and I had this thing for years too. I think it probably only just recently threw it out. I had a Crayola crayons sleeping bag. (laughs) Nice. So it looked like the sleeping, it looked like the box of crayons, you know, sticking out and with my head sticking out the top and everything. (laughs) I had a, a, yeah, the yellow, you know, the classic yellow, uh, whatever it was, eight pack box or whatever. Mm -hmm. That was my sleeping bag through growing up. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's fun. We'd love to know. Let us know, you know, in the comments and stuff, if you didn't already comment in the squad, what sleeping bag or blankets or pillowcases or sheets or whatever, what did you grow up with in the 80s or 90s or 2000s, whenever? Like Mm -hmm. Whatever you grew up with. Right. Did you have 70s? Because I'm me for, you know, it was 70s, a lot of it. You know, when I had those Winnie the Pooh and stuff, that was 70s, man. Sears and Winnie the Pooh, man, they went together. You got all your Winnie the Pooh stuff from Sears. So, Anyway, let us know what you grew up with, and uh, yeah, we'll talk about it here on the show. What do you suggest? All right, so we are in that portion. We are in the home stretch here. (laughs) We're in that portion of the show that we call What Do You Suggest? And this is where Megan and I both suggest to you things that we've been interested in or we're checking out or we're going to check out, stuff that we want you to check out as well that you might not be aware of or maybe you just hadn't heard everything about it. Um, The thing I'm going to suggest is a new documentary that is coming out this holiday season, and it is about a holiday season special but it ain't about frosty and it ain't about rudolph or it ain't about charlie brown it ain't about all that it is about the 1978 star wars holiday special oh my gosh (laughs) i love that special i don't care i don't care what anybody says um it's mm-hmm. bad. Yes, I know it's bad. It's Just like all the other stuff I like from the end of the 70s with all the bad musical stuff and everything. I love Xanadu. I love Can't Stop the Music. I love all that stuff. And I love the Star Wars Holiday Special. I saw it when it came out. I was five years old. I was so excited about that coming on. Getting to see Star Wars stuff in my home, mm-hmm. new Star Wars stuff, just getting to see Luke Skywalker there, you know, and 3PO and Chewie and his stupid family and all that stuff. <laughs> and with with his perverted grandpa. Yeah, that, you know. that's. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, it. it's out there. I'm not saying like it's good, but it's entertaining. And it introduced us all to Boba Fett. The cartoon part of the seg- the whole way was only like 10 minutes long or 15 minutes long, whatever it was. The cartoon segment where we got to meet Boba Fett for the first time was exciting. And I think it's still awesome. I think it still holds up. It's really cool. And you can find that. You could actually watch that. At least that part I know you can watch on Disney+. Plus. Oh, okay. They have the cartoon part. All right. I'll have to check that out then. But there is a new documentary coming out and it is called A Disturbance in the Force. And this is uh, the filmmakers behind Napoleon Dynamite and Raiders, the story of the greatest fan film ever made, which is actually, I've, I've watched that years ago. That's actually a really entertaining uh, little documentary and stuff. They are putting this out. It comes A Disturbance in the Force, the documentary about the infamous Star Wars holiday special. It's your typical thing with all your talking heads. You know, you're going to have different actors and comedians and stuff that are going to be talking about their memories of it and their feelings about it and stuff. And it's meant to be, I think, lighthearted. What's awesome is one of the people that worked on this is Jason Lenzi 
who is part of the Pod Stallions uh, podcast oh, with nice. with Brian Heiler and everything. And I, I've you know I'm a huge fan of Pod Stallions, and I've listened to every episode, some of them multiple times. Mm-hmm. And so anything that Lindsay does, when I find out he does something, I usually check it out because he's usually involved in really cool stuff. And they actually did an episode a while back, giving a little plug to Pod Stallions. They did an episode where they talked uh, on the show with the director of this documentary oh, wow. and it goes and he goes into detail about how they put it together and how crazy it was and everything. So this is actually going to be shown not only um, are you going to be able to see it like online and, and, you know, digitally and stuff, but it is being shown in movie theaters, um, mm-hmm. limited, limited engagement, Very but, it's, limited. but it's showing like all over the world. It's going to be shown here in the States. It's showing in, in the UK, it's being shown in New Zealand, all that kind of stuff, Australia. Australia. So if you want to go and check it out at the theater, it'll be showing, um, I think it's showing Thanksgiving weekend and it's going to be, uh, you can find those dates at disturbanceintheforce.com. I will put a link in the description below. But if you want to check it out, if you're a Star Wars fan or you're a fan of the holiday special or you hated the holiday special and you thought it was the strangest thing ever, or maybe you're a little bit of all of it, <laughs> I think it's worth checking out. Okay. All right, Meg, what do you suggest for everybody at home? Um, I am suggesting the new season coming out of season three of Ghost. Oh, the CBS show? Yeah. Okay. It's so silly. I've never watched it. No, it's super silly, but it, they're all from Woodstone Mansion. And this couple, I think she like inherited this mansion. Okay. And they sure they want to turn it into like a B&B. You and your haunted mansions. I love them. <laughs> I love them. But basically all these like quirky people pass away on the property. Okay. For whatever reasons. And they, they, for whatever Haunted. reason, they can't leave. Yeah. Like they're trying to find ways to, to move on. And then it goes into like the house next door is their like mortal enemies. Okay. But then the, the Viking guy ends up, his son is a ghost in the house next door. So they're like screaming across. Oh, geez. <laughs> but of course nobody can tell because they're ghosts. Right. Except for the lady that owns the mansion. They can see can, the ghosts. Okay. She can hear, but her husband can't. So he's like, we're not alone, are we? You're talking to somebody else, oh, aren't wow. you? So he's like, what is happening? It's super cute. So I'm excited for season three. And they're actually coming out with Ghost from the UK because it's actually a UK show. Right. Originally. It's another one like The Office and stuff, right? That right. They, they redid from a UK show. Yes. So, and it looks very similar. So I, I kind of want to check that out too. Yeah. So why not? I suggest Ghost. Okay. Check them all out. And that comes out on CBS or Paramount Plus, I'm assuming? Uh, yeah, CBS. Cool. And when does that come out? Uh, it looks like February 15th. So just in time for Valentine's Day. You'll know where I'll be. <laughs> You'll be hanging out with your five cats watching season three of Ghost. Yep, that'll be me. Okay. <laughs> All right. And then lastly, we like to collectively suggest something as a channel. We like to recommend another channel. Uh, in addition to, like I was saying, check out the Pod Stallions thing that I mentioned a few minutes ago. But we suggest you check out a channel. It's a music related channel. Mm-hmm. Since we're talking about Beatles and everything, since I was a big theme of this episode, I want people to check out on YouTube a channel called Abley House. Ably, so it's spelled A-B-L-Y, okay. house. 
Now, what it is, is this is a group of musicians. They're like pro, you know, musicians that are really skilled and they're dedicated to getting together and creating near perfect recreations of old Beatles songs. Okay. So what they do is not only are they using their skills to like, they, they try to get down to the minutia. Like if there's, if you listen to an old Beatles record and you hear like at one point you hear like Paul's hand, like swipe the strings a little bit when he goes to a change, like they make sure they do that. It's like, wow. Right. It's like, yeah. Wow. And they show you they, so their whole thing is they are trying to completely recreate these songs just for fun and just to kind of show you what went into it. And so they use the exact instrumentation Sometimes they use the same microphones and stuff like that. Oh my gosh. And they, they, so the whole thing is they try to replicate it as exactly as possible to get it as close as possible. So if you're, if you're a Beatles fan or you're just into like that kind of stuff, you're like, oh, it's interesting to see how this stuff is performed and recorded and everything. Cause we don't really have a lot of footage of the Beatles doing that. I mean, this was the 1960s. So there isn't like a lot of in-studio footage and they didn't allow that back then, you know? So getting to see how this is broken down and getting to hear the individual instruments and see how they do this stuff, it's really fascinating. And I'm a huge Beatle fan. So, of course, I, I'll sometimes put it on and just watch and just listen to it. I'll sing along with it like karaoke, you know, because <laughs> they'll have videos up. Some, some of them have vocals, but a lot of times it'll be just instrumental versions of stuff, you know, mm-hmm. so you can see how they did Dear Prudence or I Want to Hold Your Hand or something like that. And it's, it's really, really cool. Yeah, that sounds very cool. Yeah. So if you're into that kind of stuff, again, it's called Abley House, A-B-L-Y House on YouTube. And I will put a link in the description for you to check it out and uh, go support them. Yeah. And with that, I think we're done. This is a long, long, long long episode because (laughs) you're kind of getting two episodes in one here, folks, because it has been weeks since we've done this. But um, we will be back soon. Yes. Sooner than last time yeah we've got some really fun stuff planned for the holidays not gonna spoil it yet but we've got really cool plans some fun new things that we haven't Mm -hmm. done before on on the geeking poetic channel so we will be back with we'll be back with that and uh more of this we'll see you then bye guys bye bye